Hello, welcome to the Transform Podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Farhat, lead pastor of St. John's Church and School at Wash Park in Denver, Colorado. I am here with my bride, Daisy. Hello. Uh, we both lead a life group where we uh, seek to make disciples of men and women uh, in our kind of young family community in South Denver. And so we're grateful to God to be together and to continue uh, answering some really good questions that I think people have about Christianity. And the question for today, Daisy, is, isn't Christianity about following a bunch of rules? Mm -hmm. And I think that this is, you know, common, relevant thought. I think I remember asking this question too. Mm -hmm. And I think, wouldn't you say, it's probably like likely on people's minds with this is, what do I have to give up? What do I have to change? Yeah. I'm going to be now held accountable. And I think that is one of the biggest barriers to like the whole God thing mm -hmm. is I don't have to be accountable now. <laughs> I can't just do what I want, what I want with my words and my time and my behavior and yeah. my uh, pleasure life. I'm probably going to have to change some things. Yeah. I, I think we've even heard people say, you know, well, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but... I'm not changing anything. Like yeah. they said that to us. Right. I mean, one of my friends, I think, told me once, you know, Jesus will accept me on my deathbed, so I'm just going to live it up, and then why don't I just accept him as my savior before I die? Oh, no. So he's kind of <laughs> thinking about how he can manipulate the system. Mm -hmm. um, but then here's what I would, this is maybe an opening thought. Are we talking about good change when it comes to following Jesus or bad change? Daisy, how would you... Just get the ball rolling there. <laughs> I mean, of course, we're going to say good change, but I mean, it's what we really believe because we've seen that change in our own lives. So it's something that, you know, it's not just something we believe in our heads, but it's something that, you know, Jesus has impacted our hearts. And so that's what we want for other people. We want people to find that peace and joy and love that we've experienced. Everybody's looking for something. The self-help section in the uh, Barnes and Nobles uh, sales area has a lot of books. There's clearly a market in our country for people who want self-help, who want self-improvement, who want to have a better life, who want to have a purpose-driven life, who want to have something. Yeah. What Christianity has to offer is not rule-keeping, mm. but new life in Christ. So not here's how you become a better you, but rather a new you. Um, so not here's behavioral modification, but rather it's called regeneration. Mm -hmm. So I have a quote from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. It was one of my favorite verses after I came back to following Jesus in college and the light bulb turned on for me. Mm -hmm. Paul says this, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so it's like, there's a new person with new desires, new affections, new purpose, new design, new trajectory, and it's a new you. It's, it's a, and it's, and it is, it's, so it's a good thing. Like, I like myself after Jesus way better than pre-Jesus, <laughs> all right? And then I think you wouldn't have married me right? If like you knew me pre-Jesus. Right. I've always said, I'm glad I met you <laughs> later. <laughs> right. Not when you were in high school. And even after like some of my friends, some of my like acquaintances from high school, um, even though they're not Christians, they were happy I became a Christian. <laughs> they were like, 
you know, like this Andrew is much more pleasant uh -huh. than the old one, you know, and yeah. just in terms of the way it's supposed to be. Now, I bet there's probably listeners that are like, yeah, but there's Christians that don't understand this. And I would say, yeah, there's always, we've talked about this on different episodes. There's Christians who um, gratify their sinful natures rather than the Holy Spirit who lives in them. And that's going to be an issue. Um, but the trajectory of Christianity and the large majority of Christians we know do live a new life in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and they're the ones that don't make the news. Um, so, um, Daisy, I wrote down, you come to the end of yourself and you realize that your life apart from God is not fulfilling, not working, and not right. Um, and then you realize that God wants you to turn your life over to him. What does it look like to turn your life over to God? Yeah, I think it's, it's just completely thinking of your life in a new way in that you um, have a new Lord over your life and a new Savior and you're mm -hmm. not looking to save yourself anymore. You're not looking to fulfill your own your own desires and your own expectations for yourself, but you're ultimately looking to Jesus and who he says that you are. And, mm. and who he says you are is, is something so much better than what we say about ourselves. Because I think we really get lost in the expectations that we have about ourselves. And often those don't really come to pass the way that we expect. Wow. But Jesus, you know, looks at us and says, you're loved, you're accepted, you are saved, and I died for you. And that helps me so much because I, I have a tendency to look at things and say, I, you know, I, I could be doing better in this area. Hmm. I have this vision of my life and I'm just not quite there yet. All right. But when I look at Jesus, he's saying, doesn't matter. Like, I've done it for you. If you're listening, I bet you have thought of Christianity as keeping a bunch of rules, but there's been something missing that Daisy just nailed. It's the gospel. Mm -hmm. The gospel is good news, and Christianity is about good news, that on account of what Jesus has done for you through his death and resurrection, that he died for your sin to reconcile you to God, and that he rose again to give you new life in Christ and the gift of eternal life, and he shows proof of it by rising from the dead. Your identity now is, quote unquote, in Christ. Mm, yes. So what you said is, I'm defining my life by what he's done for me now. I'm defining my life by his love for me mm -hmm. now. And he is my Lord. He is my Savior. And so that, I'm so glad that you drew us back to what our church really is all about here at St. John's. Uh, it's the gospel, the good news. Um, and then I love how you focus on identity. Everybody's looking for, okay, who, who am I? What is my self-perception when it comes to my life? Um, and you, you really hit it hard there. Um, and so, Daisy, I feel like what you're saying then is, man, this can be kind of comforting because I feel like people go in ebbs and flows in life. You're like, all right, uh, you get really career driven or you get really money driven. And then you start saying things, I deserve this or I need this for me. Mm -hmm. um, and or you're I just... a parent and your kids are never quite doing what you thought they should be doing. Well, because they're, they're on that trajectory perhaps. And they're thinking like, all right, um, 
they're not happy because they're in that space of me, me centeredness, mm -hmm. right? Um, and my gosh, I think as adults, we've lived in that space too. And we're like, man, it is a restless, unfulfilling space. And um, my goodness, no wonder we have high rates of depression or we have high rates of mental illness in our country. Mm -hmm. um, why is that? I mean, I, I, I truly believe that it's a, it's a large emphasis on me and entitlement. And this life in Christ is so much better mm. because it's based on Jesus's love. And then he gives you his love as the trajectory for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and so, Daisy, one thing we talk about a lot when we talk about turning our life over to God is repentance and faith. How would you describe repentance for our listeners so that they can understand, like that's very central, um, way more than keeping a bunch of rules? Mm, yeah. Um, I mean, repentance is simply knowing that you've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. and saying sorry to God for that, saying, you mm -hmm. know, I know I've lived the wrong way. I know that I have not lived up to um, your expectations for me, and I'm, I'm sorry for that. And I think a part of that that we sometimes miss is you also desire to do it differently. You desire mm -hmm. that change. Because um, I think sometimes we can get caught saying, I'm sorry over and over again, but not really having any intention of, of changing. But I think hmm. God puts that desire on our heart to want to actually, actually move towards change. And that doesn't mean that you change right away because change is often a, a long process. All right. It can be a painful process, but, but that desire is there. Okay, beautiful segue into where we're going next. But I think what you just said is Repentance is not, hey, I'm about to keep a bunch of rules, Jesus, and I'm going to have a lifestyle change now. But actually, it's you're confessing your inability to live a holy life. Mm. And you're confessing that you need Jesus as your Lord and as your God and as your Savior. Yeah. Um, and then he's going to give you uh, new desires and new affections to live a new life. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely Holy Spirit driven. So, so I guess then to summarize, the first, I think, major point we've said is Christianity is not about following a bunch of rules. It's about new life, new identity centered around the gospel in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who leads us to repentance and trust in him as our Lord and Savior. But then here's, I think, our second major point is the Holy Spirit gives the believer new desires and affections. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're thinking about, oh, what do I have to give up? Uh, what do I, do I not, do I not get to drink anymore? Do I not get to uh, go out as much? Do I not get to, you know, view entertainment that I want? I don't know what people no. are thinking, but yeah. those are some things we think about. And I guess, man, it's, it's so much inside out transformation mm. rather than outside in transformation. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is giving you a new heart, a new mindset, uh, new appetites. He's going to give you appetites for, hey, I'm interested in what the Word of God says now. 
I'm interested in worshiping Jesus now. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in being around God's people now. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in holy living now. So all of a sudden, these things that you didn't used to be interested in at all, you become interested in by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's clearly miraculous. Mm -hmm. Like when I look at my life, I had no interest in any of those things. But then all of a sudden, I did. So what is that? That's not religion. Right. Like I got to do more to like please God and hopefully he accepts me before I die. And I did it more good things and that, that outweighs the bad things. But man, that's a, that's a divine intervention in the heart and in the brain and in your affections and your interests. And that is at the heart of Christianity. Um, so I think that what I want to just ask you, Daisy, is when you think about the Holy Spirit giving the believer new desires, new affections, mm -hmm. how would you elaborate on that? Yeah, um, I think this is pretty personal to me because for most of my life I did grow up in the church and I did get a lot of good teaching, but I think I had this false understanding that I just did, I did have to kind of do enough still. Like I believed in the grace of God, but I was always examining my life and mm -hmm. saying like, I'm not, I'm falling short and is that okay? Mm -hmm. At the end, will I be okay? And it wasn't until my 20s when Jesus really transformed that by just showing me that it's not about what you are doing or what you have done. It is about what I have done for you. Mm. And that really transformed my spiritual life it really gave me so much more comfort and peace to the point where i'm not i'm not asking that question anymore and so i think um when the holy spirit shows you what he's done for you it just opens your heart up to to loving him hmm. Hmm. and having gratitude towards him mm -hmm. and in that love when you go to worship jesus at church and you're singing a song, it's like this overwhelming love that you have for God as you're singing that, or as you're listening to the word of God and seeing what he's done for you. And mm -hmm. so I think that desire to be in worship, to read the word of God, to pray, mm -hmm. those desires he gives you, hmm. those are desires of love towards him, of mm -hmm. appreciation towards what he's done for you. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that like, I don't have to work and follow these rules to save myself. Like, that's not a burden on me anymore. That is something that God's done for me. Wow. That's so beautifully said. So it's like, um, this is a love relationship. Mm -hmm. So not rules-centered, but love-centered. Mm -hmm. God loves us, and we love Him back. I, and I think you hit on worship, which I think is an expression of our entire lives in Christ. But I've been asked the question, why do Christians sometimes, are they more expressive when they worship? And if you've never, sometimes if you've never uh, worshiped that way or you've never been around that before, it is kind of weird. Like, mm -hmm. why are they raising their hands? Or mm -hmm. why is there, you know, great expression and people really singing like they mean it, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and I think it, what I shared with a friend is the the story of Jesus and the sinful woman in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50, mm -hmm. when she comes in and she's weeping at Jesus' feet. And she's thanking Jesus so much for what he did for her. Mm -hmm. And the Pharisees say, hey, man, this, this woman's 
a prostitute, so why are you even associating yourself with her? And Jesus basically said, if two people owed somebody money and one person owed, um, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, mm -hmm. $50,000, but the other person owed $500, but the lender canceled both debts, which one do you think would be more appreciative? And so the Pharisees said, well, I suppose the one with the larger debt canceled. And so then he went on to say, she's expressive because I have forgiven her her sin. Mm -hmm. I have given her new life in Christ. Mm -hmm. I have died for her and I love her and she's going to be new in Christ now. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she's not going to keep on living the same way. She's going to live a new, she's going to get a new job. She's going to get a new everything. Mm -hmm. um, but that is a summary too of the entire Christian life. It's a life of gratitude to God because of what he did for us first. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's really well said, Daisy. And then we love God because he first loved us. But then I think as we unpack this love-centered theology, it also becomes love to others. It also becomes externally focused. Um, one of Jesus' famous sayings is, love others as I have loved you. Do to others as you want me to do for you. Now, this is called by some the golden rule. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why we think of rules when we think of Christianity. Ah. <laughs> but it's, Jesus never called it the golden rule. Yeah. <laughs> and the apostles never called it the golden rule. It's just one of the ways that Jesus summarized the Christian life, mm -hmm. is he summarized it with love for God and love for people. And so because Jesus died for the sin of the entire world, and he was that others focused, we start to gain an others focused trajectory too. Mm -hmm. So Daisy, what does it look like for a Christian to lead an others focused life rather than me and my money and my career and my uh, this and my that and my needs and my introspection and my whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not, taking away that we need to take care of ourselves and we, right. we need to have interests and a life and you know some money to pay the bills i'm not saying that yeah but i think i'm talking about trajectories yeah i think um being willing to make some sacrifices hmm. be that with your time or with um your money hmm. like giving more is just a very easy way to do that like how can i give more to help an organization that helps other people yeah or how can I um, you know there's always volunteer your time at some organization but there's also like maybe there's a family who is going through a hard time who needs some love like can you bring them dinner or maybe there's a new family in your church that you don't know very well and you don't see that they're very connected can you have them over to your house or even just go out of your way to have a conversation with somebody that you wouldn't normally. So I think there's just so many little things that if we're, we're not just thinking about ourselves, then we can see so many opportunities mm -hmm. to just think about other people. Mm. And so I think those are small things, but I think it's, I mean, it's a hard thing to do, especially in our culture that tells us to think about ourselves all the time. It's very hard, yeah. but, um, but I think just looking for those opportunities to serve others is yeah. a great way to start. 
I want to thank you for tuning in today. And if you do have a question, you can write it in to hello at sjdenver.org. If this has blessed you and you'd like to share the good news about Jesus, we encourage you to share it uh, with some friends and then also to follow on, our pod on your podcast app. We'll see you next time.